Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing equality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I'm your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They are actually leading the way. And today we're talking with Megan and Nicole Michelina. They are Microdose Institute certified mental health experts specializing in psychedelic medicine. They are sisters and founders of Synchronicity, just like Synchronicity, a microdose mentorship program that supports healing through psilocybin. Megan is also a certified holistic nutritionist, health coach, and they are both trauma-informed yoga teachers and experts in psychedelic medicine. They are precious stone jewelry makers, crystal experts, and Megan is a gifted astrologer. They have been featured in Authority Magazine, Psychedelic Spotlight, Microdose, Buzz, Best of Life Online, the Daily Beast, and together they host their own podcast, the Synchronicity Podcast. So, with all that being said, welcome to the show, Megan and Nicole. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. I'm excited to have you guys here too. And for those of you guys are watching on YouTube, I love your little mushroom behind you and some crystals too, representing behind. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we like to have her. That's our logo. That's what, I, that's what we feel like when I did my ayahuasca ceremony. It's basically what my head and arms turned into. So she's kind of a representation of... She was around before the business was around. She was. There that's actually true. There you go. So, yeah. Well, with that little teaser, I would love to hear how you guys got into, you know, plant medicine, psychedelics, and, you know, how you started your own mentorship program, helping people exploring their own healing avenues. Well, it has been an adventure, to say the least. Um, as I say, we didn't really choose this. The mushrooms chose us. We had the call and we answered the call. And, you know, we have this conversation quite often of just how humbled we are to have been asked to be a part of all of this um, healing that the world is really going through right now in humanity. What we have been given, I think, is divine and doesn't really technically belong to us. It belongs to the mass consciousness and everything. And I 
think that we all have a special divine calling and purpose. You know, our beginning into this was childhood and our own trauma and what we had to walk through is I think everybody's, you know, trauma is linked to their purpose and you don't see it like that or our, our culture doesn't see it like that. And when, you know, being a yoga teacher and, and everything kind of knocked me into this over 10 years ago, and then when it really started to take hold was during COVID, right? There's always breadcrumbs. Like we have an old dog that's 14 that's named Rasta. And if anybody knows about Rastafarianism, I studied religion in college and they actually smoke weed to get closer to God, but I never liked drugs. So why I named her that is beyond me. So don't know. I just loved that they did that. And I was like, this is cool. So different. Anyway, so there's always breadcrumbs of like what the potential is in the field, but you don't see it until you see it. And so during COVID uh, in 2020, I actually went out to Laguna Beach to meet with a really good girlfriend of mine for her birthday. And we went to a sound bath ceremony and I tried rape for the first time. Americans call it hape, but technically pronounced rape. And I uh, pretty much blew the lid off of my life. I had never been into plant medicine. I had never really, I was very straight edge. I was like psychedelics and everything. You're going to end up in a psych ward, like all the, you know, whatever that thought process was that had been programmed into the majority of us since the seventies. And I don't know what possessed me, but for whatever reason, I was like, I'm doing this. And he blew it up my left nostril. I never felt anything like that in my life. I was pretty arrogant as a yoga teacher thinking like, I knew what the chakra fields were. I knew what energy was. I had no idea. Uh, I was brought to my knees pretty quick. I'd never felt music in every cell of my body. I had never seen white light like that. It actually like the energy got stuck in my heart chakra because I had such a big block and I couldn't breathe. And I was telling the shaman I was going to die. Everyone thought that was quite funny. Um, and I'm like, I can't breathe. I'm going to die. And he's like, you're not going to die. You're going to be fine. But, you know, I have a little bit of flair for the drama. And, you know, went through all of that. The, the I had a big release of energy out of my heart chakra and felt the rest of my chakras line real fast. And then he's like, I have to do the right side. It's like, the heck you do. He's like, I have to bounce the energy. And we did that. And the right side was a lot better because left is death, right is rebirth. So that changed my life. And I came back and I was never the same. I pretty much all of us went headfirst into plant medicine. After that, we had heard whispers in the mass consciousness, which is anything you hear over three times from a different person, something's happening. So we were hearing microdosing, 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 and it would, you know, I'm an Aries. So I just went like full head on into this and pulled, pulled my Scorpio cancer sister with me. <laughs> And she thought it was a good idea too, but that's where Mike was in. And then we got into ayahuasca and we went from like zero to a hundred real quick as that song goes, but it was, it was wild in a whirlwind. And then I had, we had done healing for 15 plus years. And within three years, we had done more healing than we had done in the past 15 because of the assistance of plant medicine. And we were just like, there's something to this in ayahuasca. Weird languages were being communicated. There was mushrooms growing out of my hands. There was mushrooms growing out of my head. Literally, this is a depiction of that. And again, that call came in and we stepped in full force and here we are. Yeah. I mean, it really just was, it's been a collection of healing 
for an extended period of time is is really what it came all to a head, you know, between you know, eating disorders and addiction in our family and therapists that, you know, just told us that like, here's a piece of paper, write a letter, like, and it, and it wasn't working, you know, but it was working. We just didn't see it until we were actually able to bring it all together. And plant medicine really was what I would say the cherry on top of all of the tools that we had collected over the years. Beautiful. I, I love hearing your revenue journeys. Like you said, you're, you were called. And when you kind of have this hindsight perspective now, it's so good for all of us to hear how these breadcrumbs, you know, just keep following that inner being or the plant medicine or whoever, whatever is guiding you because it's all happening for us. And not all plant medicine because microdosing is the same. And so I kind of wanted to ask, you know, for people who don't maybe know, haven't that much experience, maybe with either or, or maybe have had more of like a wild experience and are wondering what's the difference between microdosing or something like um, more intense like ayahuasca or what you just described, it's just for people who might be a little worried. <laughs> so rape is actually nicotine and it's mixed with different herbs. It goes back into Incan culture. And in some ways that's been more profound for me as a human design, as a projector, because I carry other people's energetic fields, which is why rape is so intense for me because I'm actually purging other people's energy. It's not as bad for generators and mangens. I actually serve rape now and I've proven this theory of mine. So only really be afraid if you're a projector and you carry other people's energy. Ayahuasca is like the godmother of all of plant medicine. It's the biggest neuroplasticity shift known to man from all studies. There is not another plant medicine that touches it. That's why you do it with shamans from South America that have been working with it for thousands of years. Do not go to a white dude to take ayahuasca. Sorry, love you, but you have no reason to be serving something that sacred and you're moving into dimensions you need a shaman that knows what they're doing because a lot of things can go down. So if you want to do ayahuasca, get in touch with us and we can send you to shamans. I don't mess with that. Macrodosing is a gram or more of mushrooms. And then microdosing is around 200 milligrams around. You can do 150, which is eight, like uh, there's a thousand milligrams in a gram, right? So it's quite a lot less than where you would even begin. And right, even in a gram, I could it probably function pretty well. I'd be starting to see colors and things, but it wouldn't really be a full macro dose. So the, this is, you can drive, you can function around your children. We get a lot of fear around that stuff. It's a very small dose and it really just helps in self-awareness and being conscious, but still being able to function so that you don't really have to like fully go into a whole experience, right? Baby steps are really nice because you can slowly start to trust the plant and build a relationship. And I'm actually really grateful that I started with microdosing because I feel like I've had such a good experience with plant medicine because I slowly built trust and was able to move into the upper um, dimensions and things like that in a very eased, you know, manageable pace where I trust myself, could see myself in different levels uh, very slowly instead of just like going for it. Now, some people go for it and, you know, do you listen to your soul? I've got no judgment, but microdosing is really nice for most people that still need to function, but still want to have the assistance of plant medicine to help them work through their trauma or change or 
do whatever they're trying to do or facilitate. Well, in, in microdosing, you can integrate easier. A lot of people will go, so ayahuasca is the biggest neuroplasticity shift known to man, like Megan said. So when we're working in microdosing, we're actually softening the neuroplasticity slowly over time. And that's why we work in 12-week. In our program that we have, it's a 12-week mentorship around understanding the relationship of plant medicine and building that relationship with self and the plant instead of just going face deep into ayahuasca because if you don't have a relationship with the plant there is a potential that you can't even cross the threshold because you know you're not ready or you don't trust or you know there's you hear of people just vomiting all night three or four cups of ayahuasca and they're never actually able to have an experience is because they don't have trust and they're not ready so starting with microdosing is a very safe place and a great introduction into just plant medicine and getting comfortable with understanding even just the ego because yeah. you get to see the ego in a very small glimpses instead of these massive like ego deaths that you hear people talk about on these really high doses of mushrooms or on ayahuasca or peyote, you know, and it takes years for them to integrate the experience. And that can be very detrimental to people because they can slip into psychosis because they don't have the tools. This actually slowly eases you into it. You have tools, you have guidance, um, and it's a slow process in the brain. Amazing. I know it's one of the collective consciousness words I hear a lot is neuroplasticity. And mm -hmm. you guys were, you guys mentioned it a few times that last time. So could you kind of explain to us like why that's so important and how that impacts our healing of actually shifting that? Yeah. So neuroplasticity, um, we like to think of it, we describe it to our clients and people that come to us and they're like, I don't get this super scientific thing that's in my brain. Because it's when you get on Google, it, it can make your head spin because you're just like, wow, all of these words. So what we look at it as neuroplasticity is like you're driving on one road right? Like you have two tires and you're creating these ruts in the road and that's in your brain. These are things that have been programmed into you. They're kind of like your hard drive in a computer. And what happens when you insert psilocybin into them, you start to soften the groove so you can actually create a new pathway. And um, so when you're doing this and you're using it in small pieces, you're able to slowly change the pathing path to which those tires are now or that processing or that thought is going. So you're creating this in real time experience in the brain. And like I was saying earlier about ayahuasca, when you, you know, it's a huge shift. So all of a sudden you're like swerving to the left, you know, people might not be ready for that. We're just like, a, it's a nice, like psilocybin is very gentle. It's very calm. It's a nice, just we're slightly taking a turn. And so you're able to then reprogram and get into the DMN, which is the default mode network, works in the frontal cortex of the brain. Um, you know, that's where the ego lives and stuff like that. So you're actually able to rewire neuroplasticity while working with the DMN simultaneously in the brain while you're microdosing. Right. It's, it's basically your neurons that fire together, wire together. So you have to change the wiring and how it's firing and where it's firing in order to change behavioral patterns that maybe have been there since you were born. We're actually scripted by the time we're three to being our parents. So you've been scripted at three. Now, how are you going to change that scripting? And people do that with EMDR therapy, things like that. Psychedelics work very similar to that. It gets down into the PTSD. It changes your scripting because you are who you were born to be, but the scripting can get in the way of that. And that's what we're here to change. We want to change how the neurons fire and wire. Oh, I love 
it. I know I get I can get super nerdy into the, like the science behind all of that too. It's what I just love hearing everybody's explanation of it um, because it can be complicated, but it's not. You know, it's really right. easy. And kind of what I heard, very generalization of what you just said is like it allows you to become more of the observer or the watcher mm-hmm. of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So you have that. Oh, I can maybe veer a little off. You know, like instead of just tunnel vision straight ahead. Right. Right. Well, and that's, you know, ideally, if you think about it, we're all programmed to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like our ego is here to protect us. So ego is going to do anything and everything to make sure that we are as comfortable as possible. And when we start to insert psilocybin, we start to change those neural pathways. We start to calm the ego. We start to have a calm, a calm thought process of, okay, wait a second, maybe this is my ego. This isn't self. And you'd be able to, like you're saying, like you observe it. So you kind of get this, wow, I have choice and I can shift my thinking and I can see this in a different perspective and I can change. And it makes it for change to be easier and more comfortable um, because, you know, it takes like 90 days to create a habit. Like a lot of people lose, I mean, New Year's resolutions, great example. By like week three at the gym after January 1st, there's no one there. It's because they, they don't have the discipline because the ego makes them comfortable and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just survival. It's how humans are made and built. Well, the ego is to protect the body, not the soul. Yep. And that's where, you know, psilocybin and stuff makes you start looking at the soul and what the soul wants and why the soul came here and that the body's just a vessel and it doesn't need to be protected as much as you think it does. Um, you know, the body's quite resilient. It's the mind that's weak. And that's what we're trying to change. Freaking mic drop on that one. <laughs> it is true. It's, yeah, you really, it's, I love my ego. It protects yes. me from walking out in the middle of a highway. I understand mm-hmm. that I don't want to get hit by a car, that kind of stuff. Great. And what else? What do we want? Who do we really want to be? Who are, like, at the soul level, what are we called to do? And integrating those both from a loving perspective is just, that's what we're here for. And in terms of different strands of psilocybin and this healing, are there different strands? I'm sure you go this in depth with every person who comes through your program, but what kind of like strands or is there different approaches for different types of healing or people or bodies or what they're kind of going through? Yeah. Um, so psilocybin is a lot like ayahuasca. So there's seven strains of ayahuasca. Um, and there is, well, they're not strains, they're vines technically. Right. (laughs) Um, and so mushrooms are the same, just like ayahuasca, the shamans use, the shamans use certain vines in ceremony for certain things, depending upon what that group needs. Um, and that's the same goes for psilocybin and our program particularly we only work with 12 right now um you know it might be more in the future we don't know you never know um but they all work in different parts of the body to work different energy centers and not necessarily energy centers but also to help people reconnect with certain parts of their body yeah no the the mushrooms are amazing uh no two are alike even though they all have psilocybin in them right and to think that there can be all these strands of mushrooms and that they all don't do something different uh, was like enlightening to me, even when we found out that there was different strands of ayahuasca. So when we started talking to shamans and really getting into the nitty gritty of things with people that have worked with these for you know long periods of time, 
it, it it's it, there's the chakra centers right and our mushrooms we have and shamans have helped us figure out where and what works and what and it's really funny right because when you first start like giving them to people and stuff you're like is it gonna be real is it gonna <laughs> and then like lo and behold you know one of the mushroom strands we work with is particularly in the heart chakra because most people especially women have a lot of heart chakra trauma that's why it's the number one killer of women in america um you know you start fussing in your heart chakra shut it down and it'll kill you so it's it but we were even talking to a client this morning. She's like, oh my gosh, I started taking these mushrooms and I could just feel energy coming out of my heart. And I'm like, yes, bring it open. Working. Uh, but the the mushrooms have are so highly intelligent and they're so amazing. And again, we only work with 12 because even 12 are overwhelming for what they're capable of doing. Uh, and some of the newer strains, the shamans haven't worked with yet. So we work with the older strains um, and we can mix and match and do all sorts of things. So if you've got like a, block in your sacral chakra, which a lot of women or men for that reason that have had like sexual trauma, which is one in three people, which is astounding to me. Uh, you know, you have a dissociation. A lot of these times these people have money problems. They have problems holding down relationships and everything. It's a block in your sacral chakra. If you do not have energy flowing through there, you're going to have issues with meditation. You're going to have issues with money. You're going to have issues with sex and being intimate. Often these people are quite promiscuous. They don't really respect and love their bodies the way they should because that center is essentially not functioning correctly. It needs to be powered back up. So, you know, you start doing meditation, stick some sacral chakra mushrooms in there, and it's like, boom, all of a sudden their purpose and everything's coming online, but you need to connect that into the rest of the chakras. So you'll mix mushrooms because that chakra, it's essentially been like, you know, circumvented. Is that the right word? Where you like so. go around it? Surpass. Surpass. I don't know, I don't know. the right word. Um, Your other word was way cooler. It was way bigger. But anyway. So it's, it's basically been bypassed for so long. So this comes online. You've got to reintegrate the rest of the chakras with it so that they're all communicating correctly. So you can have Kundalini energy so that you're actually, you know, your spiritual being, your auric field is functioning the way that it should so that others can recognize you as you came here to be. So it gets really wild because, uh, you know, and it's frustrating too, because so many people are like microdosing coaches and this and that, and they're like, just throw mushrooms at it, this and that. And it's like, no, you don't know what, you don't even know what you're doing or what you're working in. And again, if you're using intention, okay, but the mushrooms are way smarter than you realize. And, uh, you know, it's the, the one mushroom is not the same as others is what I'm trying to say. They're not all the same. Uh, and that's why people microdose and often they don't get results or they don't this, they don't that. And if you don't have intention or the desire to change or even aware of what needs to change, you can run into really stagnant things. Nothing changes. Uh, and we have a lot of people that have actually microdosed before that end up coming to us. And then they start taking our mushrooms are like, this is so different. Even if our mushrooms is not, not as strong as theirs are, because it's also something to be conscious of, of how the mushrooms are raised and the way that they're loved and the energy that's put into them. And the guy that raises our mushrooms is like, I swear he was a mushroom in a past life. He reminds oh, me of a mushroom, sure. yeah. but he hangs out with the mushrooms all day and like plays them music and, you know, like has crystals around them. It's ridiculous. in like the best way possible. I'm obsessed with him. I'm He's like, a mushroom you whisperer. are literally like you were a mushroom. It's like Paul Statman, right? I think he was a mushroom in a past life. Uh, it's why he's so drawn to them. Maybe we were too, but actually I was in this life in an ayahuasca ceremony. 
just go take ayahuasca anyway but <laughs> it's <laughs> only if you're called to it, it yeah and eventually we're actually going to put out a lot more information on the different strands and stuff like that we've been cultivating kind of like how to do that in us uh and like putting all the knowledge in our head into like a booklet or something about the different strands because it is something that should be used used uh but it's also like how do we put it out there you know I, it's that you know it's a debate that you have it's like how do i do this and how do i do this correctly so that it's not um you know give the people credit and this and that and that you know like shamans don't live in the western world so it's like all of these things it's like prove this prove that and there's all the science behind it even though we've seen it firsthand and then you know i get in my head about all of that stuff because i'm sure we'll have people being like how do you know this um i do want to touch on megan mentioning kundalini energy because i think that's sort of like a hot word um that's so often it's just simply when all of your energy centers and energy is flowing through your body. It, you don't have any blocks. It's just moving fluidly um, through the spine, through the front, like through the through the top of your head, down through the front of your body. Because so often we have blocks and we have like stuck energy, especially in like shoulders and throats. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I have all this neck pain or shoulder pain or hip pain. A lot of times it's actually stuck energy and they don't have full kundalini and kundalini is just really just a really fancy word for all of your energy circuits being online and working together. That's, That's great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Yeah. We talk about kundalini a lot here and it's, yeah, just your energy center. It's just your yeah. life force that is you. And I know my healing journey, I always thought like, I'd visualize like a dam or like this block, like how am I going to push, push yeah. through it and really, you know, sometimes it is like, I'll have a release and it is a push through but a lot of times it's just that surrender and that sweet, just letting go. And it sounds like that kind of sweetness and love and intentionality is kind of what these mushrooms are all about. And I love what you said about the guy who raises the mushrooms for you, because I was going to ask about like the intention behind it. Do you speak to your, when you microdose, do you kind of like talk and like, because I love, I love talking to my water. I love talking to my food, my plants. Cause there's, it's all energy, right? <laughs> you want to hear a crazy story? Okay. Yes, please. <laughs> so our 14 year old dog. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Was like three months ago on her deathbed. Cause she's got arthritis in her hip. She's lived a great life, but she, man, she was athletic and she used those hips. Um, she's got bone cancer. Yeah. She's probably got bone cancer. She's got all the sorts of stuff, but we don't really believe in like jabbing our dog with a bunch of needles and trying to figure out why she's dying. Like she's 14. She's had a good life. So anyway, we put her on, you know, gabapentin and all the stuff that the vet did. And she was going downhill really fast. And then we kind of had this meditation one day and we're sitting down. It's like, are we going to put her out of pain? What are we going to do? And then, you know, Nick, we had a friend on the phone with us and she's like, have you thought about giving her mushrooms? And I was like, how the hell did we not think of that? Anyway, so we start, we take her off of Western medicine and start dosing our dog with mushrooms. Lo and behold, she turns into like, uh, like a year younger of self. Again, she's not like a puppy, like I'm a new dog, but she's like, I'm going for a walk. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Here eating, I am. Eating I'm going to play. I'm going to run down the back steps. And we're like, what in the heck is happening? Because if you Google this online, it says it'll kill your dog. She's been on them for almost four months now. 
She's doing a great time. And she's not dead. Why I'm telling you this story is because when we give her a dose and we don't put intention into it, she'll be panting and in a lot of pain. But if we tell the mushrooms, please take her out of pain and help her, boom, she's fine. And she's like happy. You know, she's kind of staring at the sky a little bit sometimes of like, wow, it's so pretty. But my whole point is you have to put intention into something. And I've tried it with her and seen it in a non-human in a very, every time if I don't, or one of us don't put an intention into it, she's in pain. If we put an intention to it, she's like a, you know, 12 year old dog again. It's wild and she's playful and she's happy, but these things are so powerful. And I think they're going to replace so much in Western medicine. We haven't even began to, to look at this, uh, but I couldn't believe we could give it to our dog. I was like, this proves everything we've been saying. This is so crazy. And again, her name is Rasta. She's the beginning of all of this. And I love that she's going to go out on mushrooms. Guys, like this is so funny. I look at her sometimes. I'm like, you are a divine being. You came here to teach us so much. And I can't, it just, it's it's so fitting. Everything comes full circle. Well, so. Dogs, dogs on mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> dogs on mushrooms. Um, it's also, you know, you mentioned your intention with food and mm-hmm. water. You know, it's so important. And there's a great book. Um, it's called Savor. I honestly cannot remember the the doctor who wrote it, but he talks about the intention of food and putting whatever you put in your body, you have intention around it. And even if it's sugar and it's horrible for you, and if you have the like mindset and intention, like this is gonna make me fat, this is make me feel bad, this blah blah blah, like whatever dialogue it is, it actually takes on that energy into your body. And, um, you know, it, it's, it was really fascinating. We were actually having this discussion last night at the dinner table. I was taking, I'm taking an advanced yoga training and we were in an advanced anatomy class yesterday. And the guy was talking about fascia and since 2015, they've really been digging deep into what fascia is. And they're actually finding that it's like, it's actually an organ in our body. They're, they're deeming it now, like all of these people, like just surgeons and everything would cut through it. And they like, didn't really think anything of it. Well, it's pretty much, they're proving in the science world right now, and kinesiology and all of these surgeons are proving that it's actually like the knowledge of all of these cells talking to each other in our body, that that's how everything in our body communicates is through our fascia. So we're, I was telling Megan about this because I got really, I'm like such an anatomy nerd and I was like super excited. And she was like, oh my God, it's like mycelium. And I was like, holy shit, it's like mycelium. And so, yes, it was like, so, I was like so excited because I was like, the mushrooms are so intellectual. And like when you grow them in the mycelium and the process of it, like to think that like not putting an intention into it or to think that they're not listening is actually just naive and so ego driven human mind because intention is so important and energy is so important and it's around us. We just go outside and look and there's energy and, but everything is so connected, even the human body with the fascia and the mycelium and even like trees and how their roots talk to each other. And like, everything is so interconnected um, that food and water and, you know, anything is energy and it's all in how we approach it and how we look at it is really how the body takes it. Oh my gosh. I'm nerding out about the fascia thing. I haven't heard that yet. Oh my gosh. And of course the mushrooms, if you, if people are mushroom nerds, can you shortly briefly explain what the mycelium is and how that, if people don't understand that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So mycelium is really, um, if you think of like a basic 
tree, right? So trees have roots. Mushrooms have mycelium. So when you, mushrooms are, they're so fascinating. Like, oh my gosh, you can like go on YouTube and Google and like go down the rabbit hole of mushrooms. Um, but I'm just going to speak to just kind of the lifespan of how they they work. So a mushroom comes up out of the ground, it opens up and it has this like little skin around the rim of, it would be like right around here if you guys can see. And what happens is, is that <clears throat> at a certain point, it breaks open and all the spores fall. And so spores, now some mushrooms, they're really hard to get the spores. Others um, are really easy to get the spores. So in the world of mycology, you actually can take a spore print of those that drop them. You cut the top off, you put it on a foil, like what, 24 hours? And you can get the spores. So then the spores are what cultivate the mycelium. That is like all the DNA, all of everything that is going to be created come from the spores. And so you can cultivate them. And a really new thing right now is liquid cultures. Everyone is like so pumped on putting it in water. It lasts about 21 days. Um, if anyone has made kombucha or sourdough bread, it's like creating like a mother. And then you take that and you can put it into um, dirt. And it's, there's a whole cultivation of different sterile, um, I'm thinking of the word, it's not, it's not dirt. Well, it is dirt. It's, um, substrate, substrate. Yes. That's the word. And from there, it literally almost creates this neural network of mycelium. It looks like a brain. It literally looks like a brain. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's all, it's, it's all the DNA. It's everything that creates a mushroom. And then it gets to a certain certain point in the substrate where it can't expand anymore. And then from there, it starts to pin. And from there, mushrooms are regrown. And so it's this whole circle of life, especially if uh, you guys have watched Fantastic Fungi, they show really great clips in nature. And Paul Statman has so many beautiful clips, even on his Instagram of the life cycle of a mushroom in nature. And it is all about the spores dropping and the even to like the leaves falling on the ground in really moist areas to refertilize for the next round of mushrooms. And so the mycelium is the neural network that creates mushrooms. Thank you. That was very, yes. very, I, I loved hearing. I figured you guys would be way better explaining that if I attempted. <laughs> um, but I love like talking about the intentionality because how you guys approach this plant medicine. It's more than, it's the intention of taking the plant medicine, the microdosing, and the awareness of what do I want to change? How am I going to? And when I find, when I say combining the 3D with the 5D, like the, the mm -hmm. energetics, yes. but also like, I'm going to change who I am, so I've got to show up differently too. That's what, what I found in my life, really where things really transform. I'd love to like hear what you guys' perspective kind of combining that we've touched on it, but like really combining like the plant medicine and, you know, the healing is because we change. We're different people. Right. We we're big on changing from what we call hedonistic tendencies, which are very 3D. It's essentially hedonism believes that this is heaven. 
like we're in heaven right now this is my material plane i better get whatever i'm gonna get and like it's this battleground of ridiculousness most people are in hedonistic tendencies i have met very few that are in rational stoic behavioral patterns and rational stoic behavioral patterns believe that this is the learning ground we are souls having a human experience and we are here to learn that's a stoic being that's had a spiritual awakening that thinks rationally about life and makes decisions rationally that means they don't play games so many people play games you know those people that are like i'm sorry i'm sorry oh my gosh i wouldn't do that but 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 like this Crazy, like so many people are in that, especially women. I meet them all the time, or they've got what we call a masculine shield because we work a lot in the masculine and feminine. Because you cannot have a spiritual awakening if your masculine and feminine is not balanced. And as women, we have yang bodies and yin souls. As a man, you have a yang body and a yin soul. The goal is to connect one to the other. And most of us have a severed cord or like a kinked cord or things like that. That's what trauma is. It's kinking the cord to your higher self. We're here to reconnect that. We have a 12-week program that reconnects you. It's essentially the stepping stones into the 5D. Because with our nervous systems and what we're doing right now, we can't step over there because we're too in chaos. And, you know, we're turning chaos into disciplined decision. A functional, rational person is... I will or I won't. End of story. There's none of this like, oh my God, does he like me? Does he not like me? Am I going to do this? Am I not going to do that? It's like a, okay, my brain and my heart are connected. I act. I don't react. What do I feel? I'm having a feeling connecting to my brain. Then I'm acting. I'm not having a feeling reacting and then thinking later, which is hedonistic tendencies. And it's, it's, it's just wild because the human population has been so traumatized that we're in survival. We're in hedonism. We're again, it's that ego of like trying to survive here and we can't even step into the other plane. So what we've done is ask the mushrooms to create a 12 week program of like, how do we get people where they need to be? Uh, Cause I was one of these people. I am not talking any kind of, excuse my language, but shit because I was a hedonistic troll at one point in my life. And you know, it it was like getting smashed in the face of like, hey, wake up. Like, this is not about you. And, you know, there's a mass consciousness. There's all of these things. The mushrooms represent that mass consciousness. How do we get people to wake up and it not be the, you know, um, trash crayon ride that it was for us, right? So <laughs> flaming dumpster. it was a lot. Uh, so we've created this like stepping into soul, stepping into purpose. And again, it was divinely like placed i don't even know how it happened ask me i cannot answer we just kind of We've tried to figure took it out. our lives placed it all together of how the heck did we get here and who are the people that we um see that we want to be like how do they act and what do they do and how do we replicate this so that we can help move the population forward because the hate and stuff that goes on in society right now with the masculine especially is hard for me to watch and I refuse to continue to watch men fall and women let them. Um, and it is time for the divine feminine to rise and to call into action because the women challenge the masculine. Make no mistake, it is the feminine that will rise first and the masculine that rises to the challenge. It's the way it's been. It's the patterning in our society and our culture. That's why we should be called gynosapiens, not homo sapiens. Women evolved first. Men rose to the challenge. 
women, it is time to come back to self, to wholeness, to the power of femininity, to stop trying to be men. We are trying to be men. Nobody wants to be a man. Like I, I appreciate what men can do. I do not want to do what they do. I can do what they do, but I don't want to. No desire. Like, oh, yay, you're going to fix my car. Yay, I love this. Please fix things or do whatever you want to do. And again, this is not saying that, um, you know, you can't be a woman that is a masculine energy or you can't be gay or any of these things. It's about embodying both and choosing and being aware of that energy and being aware of what you're stepping forward. And it's awareness, it's self-awareness of who do I want to be? What do I want to represent? Who am I stepping forward as in my life, in this world and being a positive force, a divine force, instead of this chaotic, hedonistic ridiculousness of not even being aware of how you're affecting other people or where you're throwing your energy or how you're throwing your energy. And we're, I mean, we just, I, I can't even begin to explain how we put everything together that we did, but every time I see somebody walk through it and the changes that I see in them and how much more connected they are to their soul is just like, this needs, this needs to be everybody. I don't care how it happens. And I just like, that's why we want to eventually start making coaches and just getting all because it's not ours. The thing is, okay. It came through us and it's like this birth, but how, how do we get this into more people faster? Because humans aren't waking up fast enough. That's what I'm afraid of. It's like, there's this huge awakening, but it needs to happen faster. So it's like, uh, come on, come on. Of course I'm an Aries. Yeah, that might patience. totally be my own perspective. And I'm no very patience. aware of that, but I just want everyone to feel better and do better is my thing. So I think that's also why I'm like, nobody needs to suffering. Suffering is a choice. And when I, I realized suffering was a choice, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. That's when I was like, ding, ding, ding time. Like it's time for everybody to feel this way. Cause there's so much suffering in the world. That's why suicide is the number one killer right now. Well, and the thing is, is like, we call it like somatic realignment, androgynous somatic realignment, because right now in society, everyone is on this, like, you have to be one or the other. And that's, that's not true at all. And like, this is base root in psychology. Like we know there's the yin and the yang and that everybody embodies it and it's, it's soul and physical form. Um, and, and really it's teaching people to embody themselves. Like there are so many people that come to us and we're like, what's like mainly our first week. We're like, Hey, what's your purpose? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. And they're like, oh, we don't know. I'm like, great. Actually, that's a great starting point because our next 12 weeks is going to be to give you all of these tools. By the time that we're done with this, you should know what your purpose is because guess what? You know what your soul looks like now not saying that this 12 weeks is going to heal you. It doesn't. It, it It's a journey into a toolbox of a lot of different tools stem from Eastern culture, Western culture, modern, modern psychology, old psychology. It, it literally takes a lot of different tools, puts it into one so that you can see yourself. And we are just ideally like surrogates in that like here here's what you weren't given but we don't want to be your therapist like after these 12 weeks we don't want you to need us i don't want to be your therapist that is not i didn't go into therapy for a reason um but so often especially in 
Western medicine, you know, we talk to people all the time. They've been sitting on their therapist's couch for 10 years. And I can't say that I'm not guilty of it. I sat on a therapist's couch for a lot of years and I didn't get any answers. And yet I took those tools that was once given to us and Megan and I have been able to break them down to actually like what they were rooted in and giving them all of the tools instead of only giving them 25% of the tools that the therapist was giving you because they can bill your insurance and they can see you every week. So they're a paycheck. And we have taken that stigma away by helping people take back their power. Well, I think it's nice to have somebody to talk to that's neutral. I think that therapy does have a place, but I think it's looking outside of yourself when the answers are all within and you, you, when you start to look within for all the answers and not outside of you, I mean, religion, most religions teach you to look outside of yourself. Your parents taught you to do as do this because I say so. That's tyranny. You are in a dictatorship in a family. You do not give children a voice and then you expect them to go out into the world and have a voice function. No, you're teaching them to look outside of themselves for authority. What you should teach a child is price or prize. Hey, do this because there's a price and a prize. Now you have, you are strong enough by eight for women and by 11 for boys to make a choice within you. I will guide you, but I am not the tyrant and the dictator. You are guides as parents. You're not a dictator, you know, and we wonder why peer pressure is such a thing or why we have children shooting up places. That's why when you create a tyranny or a dictatorship in a family, especially in men, men are programmed to give, protect, and cherish, but they are also leaders or should be taught to be leaders And if you have a parent that shoves them down and shoves them down and shoves them down, it's kill or be killed. They'll go into psychosis and it's kill or be killed. Their parent are literally creating a space where a child's soul cannot actually perform or be present. That's where you get literally demon children. And psychologists know this. There's been studies on this. This is um, Eric Byrne. He was one of Sigmund Freud's prodigies. He talks about this. And if modern day psychology would have followed Carl Jung or Eric Byrne instead of Sigmund Freud, we'd be in a lot different of a situation because parenting wouldn't be do it because I say so. That's how I was raised. And then I wondered why, like, oh my gosh, authority, authority, instead of being like, no, I have a voice and I can make my own choice. So it's teaching children to go within and to be their own compass and not to look outside uh, because we're so programmed to. It's crazy, especially as women. It's like, when did we stop trusting our nervous systems, which is instinct is feminine. We don't have to have a reason why we say no. It just doesn't feel good. That's feminine. You start getting into your head and into intuition. That's masculine. Get out of your head. If your body doesn't feel good, if your body doesn't like him, if your body doesn't like going to wherever you're going, go sit in a bubble bath, listen to your body. But our nervous systems, we were taught to think, not feel, right? If you were raised in a parental You know, it's like, what did you accomplish? What'd you do? What grade did you get? That's being raised as a little boy. It's not like, oh, you accomplished something. How do you feel about that? That's feminine. We were all raised as little boys. So we all have masculine shields. And then we wonder why 75% of people are divorced and why the masculine is failing. We don't need them. Everybody needs to be needed, right? Inherently they need us because we have wombs and they don't, but um, (laughs) You know, again, it's making space for everybody and it's being consciously aware of what it's done to a woman's nervous system to do it all. 
I mean, there's so many burnt out women. There's so many burnt out moms that come to us that are single moms. And it's like, da, 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 da. My ex is a dick. He's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, time out. Time out. Breathe. What's going on? And lo and behold, she's in both energies, freaking out, trying to work, trying to do this. Da, da, da. And it's like, okay, I get that chaos. We had a single mom. I understand men that don't show up, this and that. But how do we inspire the masculine to start showing back up? Because society cannot exist without strong masculine. Women naturally look to masculine. And if masculine's not in the home, she's looking for it in the government or other places. And this is why we get into situations that are really, really jacked up, right? Or if a single mom is like out working all the time, the kids are going to look for strong masculine. That's where you get into gangs and things like that. There's alphas in every society. It's 10% of the population into the bad and this 10% of the population in the good. Who they follow depends on who their parents are and who their parents are allowing around them and all sorts of stuff. But it's just wild what we have let our society collapse into. And I believe that the future is the patriarchy and the matriarchy standing side by side and finding strength in one another instead of competing. Competition is masculine energy. Collaboration is feminine energy. It's time to step back into, we're both here you know, nature even has masculine and feminine. Everything works together. It's part of the unity. It's part of how the universe works. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's been hard to wake up and to see because I, you know, I for one used to be a man hater and now I'm like, oh gosh, I got so programmed by, by society to think that masculine is bad when actually it's, it's really you know, it's a beautiful thing in its divinity. It can be quite toxic, but I've seen more toxic masculinity in females than I have in men, which is wild. And we've worked with a lot of them and they come back out and uh, we had one, she ended up getting pregnant. She couldn't get pregnant. And then she dropped into her feminine and she's like, uh, guys, I got pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, your masculine shield went down. You let your husband be a man and look what happened. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to be at all. doesn't mean you're not strong. Actually knowing when to surrender and when to let go is strength. Trying to do it all is weakness. You're in unworthiness. You're not conscious. So, um, yeah, she's pregnant now and she's, she's microdosing, which I freaking love. Yay. We just did a podcast on that. That's so Microdosing pregnant. So we really, yeah. I mean, it's, I could talk about it. it, It's really just teaching people and, and guiding them to embody and understand what's what their, what their soul came here to do. And like, whether you're a feminine core or masculine core, like it it doesn't matter It you know, you, you can, um, you can be a female body with a masculine core and you can be a a masculine body with a feminine core, you know, and we really just help people see themselves and use tools to be able to continue the journey even afterwards. And all the things Meg touched on it's she can like it's so funny when she like tangents because she gets so passionate because she's such an Aries I'm like she I'm like over here I'm like okay where are we gonna yep she landed the plane killed it sometimes <laughs> oh I love it I lo- and I love to experience the passion and you know just the, the channeling of just the, mm-hmm. the you know and so thank you for that thank you thank you thank you both of you guys um yeah we have many podcasts we talk about that topic of you know, 
divine feminine and masculine, healing the witch wound in a lot of us too, since it's witchy wellness, mm-hmm. which relates to mm-hmm. a lot of that too. Oh yeah. So very on topic. I'm sure all the listeners can relate to every single thing you said right there. So thank you for bringing it up. And thank you guys for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to have you on. Was there anything else you wanted to briefly talk about before we wrap the show up at all? I, I mean, I just, we, like we say, like, if you're going to, if you're going to explore plant medicine or if you've been called to it, like, just do the research behind it. There's a lot of people out there that I don't want to say don't know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing. Um, You know, like Megan mentioned earlier, you know, the, the white guy in Portland who like, you know, just went down to Peru for a week and got some ayahuasca vine and now is like serving it to his friend. Um, it's probably not going to be your best option. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of microdosing coaches pop up, you know, just like do your research. Everybody is different. You know, our program is very structured. We, we really help people do some really pretty intense, deep work, but we also know we're not for everybody. And so sometimes there's microdosing coaches out there. I know we personally have worked with, um, and have been in contact with people, you know, they work just specifically with vets or people that have had like, um, you know, trauma in regards to certain things, uh, sexual trauma, and that's all they focus on, you know? So it really, it's like what you're looking for, but like do the research and, and really just listen to yourself because your soul will tell you and guide you. And at the end of the day, that's what plant medicine is all about is listening to your soul and being willing to step into it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for coming on. And we end this show the same way every episode how may we as the listeners a huge act of gratitude be of service for the both of you today so i would first say um work in intention anytime you eat drink go outside just use set an intention and see what happens and then of course you know follow us we have synchronicity underscore sisters at instagram and we also have our own podcast so if you guys want to head over there um, give us a listen or give us a follow we always love connecting with new people we run our own social media so dm us if anything resonated with you or if you want to connect with us um we're open to connecting yeah um go give our podcast a listen would be mine uh it's so hard to like, I love doing people favors, but then when it's like, oh my gosh, what can somebody do for me? I get like all weird about it, which Talk is something about I need being to your feminine. Receiving. I need to work on <laughs> Receiving. I'm like, what? Receive, huh? Um, listen to our podcast and let it expand you. We have, ours is all about stories in season two and there's some wild stories. Uh, so that's a mutually beneficial thing of like, you know, it's, it's going to, if you're kind of curious about doing psychedelics and you're like concerned or, you know, Oh my gosh, what, how's this going to affect me or this and that, or just how it can expand you. Or if you're a woman, like listening to the podcast that we did with moms on mushrooms about, yeah, you know, it's just join, join the party. I'm sure you already do because you listen to this, but you know, join the party, start the movement. This is the way of the future. And however you get on board, just get on board. And it's of service to us because this is this freight train's coming. Saturn just went into Pisces. Pisces rules psychedelics. This will be the fall of Western medicine and the rise of psychedelics. And as an astrologer, I started this company and didn't even see that coming. And then had that epiphany literally in January. I was like, oh my gosh, we're so in sync with the universe. It was hilarious. But uh, 
however you want to get involved, just get involved. Start asking your therapists and your doctors, put it in the mass consciousness, push it into the mass consciousness. Start questioning your friends, start questioning your parents, uh, start pushing this new way of being and the awakening that's happening. Any way you can be a part of it would be in service to us and to everybody because it's time to let the human race not suffer as much as we have been. Um, start to move into the frequency of love that we were all born to be in. Well, we're in the era of community and collaboration, not individuality. Beautiful. Thank you both, Megan and Nicole, for coming on here today. It was such a pleasure and honor to to hear your passion and your souls just shine today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to this episode when it comes great. out. <laughs> And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body 